106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. to mask, you know, my then three-year-old. And as a psychologist, of course, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, we're, we're covering up his face. How is that going to affect his speech? How is that going to even affect his self-esteem if he doesn't feel literally seen and heard? You know, people are not responding to him. And so I wrote this article about my concerns about masking children. And I was surprised again that no psychologists were really speaking out against this. Mm -hmm. So I was actually beginning to even doubt myself. I thought, am I just missing something obvious? here so I wrote this article I sent it to a couple of colleagues and said can you read this and tell me like am I missing something here they said no no this is all correct this makes sense but we really don't think that you should share it and I said why and they said because it could discourage people from masking their children and I was like okay that's the point <laughs> so long farewell Alveda Zane goodbye Mike Pence is dropping out. He's dropping out. He never had a chance. He never had a chance like Crooked Joe on a flight of stairs. Never had a chance like AOC on the SATs. Never had a shot like Eric Swalwell on a crowded elevator. You know what I'm talking about. We call him his flatulence. You know what I'm talking about. Mike Pence is dropping out, and now he and the fly that landed on his head. You know, flies are drawn to sugar, honey, iced tea. He and the fly can spend some time together in the landfill of history. Mike Pence is dropping out, and so I say, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Goodbye, good riddance, and let's make America great again. Believe me. Wells Fargo Bank in Tennessee tried to mask one of its customers today. Big mistake. People are done with this trash. Watch this lady win even though they call the cops on her you've got shields you can wear your own mask you can do what you want it's a non it's not a mask mandate state go get my money i'll go to another bank no i'm not going through the drive-thru you're not going to put two hundred thousand dollars through the drive-thru moment we are bringing security over here okay sure good morning ma'am good morning how are you why are you here what's is there a law that's been broken you have to adhere to those guidelines, and if they ask you to leave because you're not adhering to those guidelines that they've set, then you have okay, to Okay, tell me what that law is. I'm a lawyer, so tell me what that law is. Okay. Well, I would be more than happy to process your transaction. I'll just with another customer. I apologize. No, I just, Am I under arrest? No, absolutely not. Okay, I'm yeah. leaving. I've got work to do. Thank okay. you. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how it's done. For those too slow to understand, I'll say it real slow in small words. Israel abandoned the Gaza Strip in 2005. It is now 2023. Hamas has ruled the Gaza Strip since 2006. It is now 2023. Hamas is in control of the Gaza Strip. Hamas is holding hostages. Hamas is in control of its own civilians. Those civilians live under the rule of the Hamas government in the Gaza Strip. Those civilians are Hamas's responsibility. It is a war crime to put your civilian in front of military targets. It is a war crime to shield your rockets with children. It is a war crime to hold hostages. It is a war crime to put hostages in a war zone to try to prevent bombing. All of these are war crimes. Every ounce of blood that is spilled, every building that is taken down, every ugly photo you see from Gaza is on Hamas. It is that simple. There is no duality about this. Mr. Trump, let me ask you a question. Presidents in both parties say that the one thing you need in, in your administration is somebody who can tell you you're wrong. 
you don't necessarily seem like somebody who has somebody who tells you you're wrong a lot. Can you tell us of an instance where somebody said, Donald Trump, you're wrong, and you listen to them? Well, I would say my wife tells me I'm wrong all the time, and I listen. I am very open. I hired top people. I've had great success. I built a great, great company. I don't need to do this. I'm self-funding. I'm spending a lot of money. And that's why people are supporting me. I do listen to people. I hire experts. I hire top, top people. And I do listen. And you know what? Sometimes they're wrong. You have to know what to do, when to do it. Let, but let sometimes ask. they're wrong. and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. And uh, welcome to you today. You can uh, listen on your podcast there, your podcast source, or you can go to our website and and, uh, pick up the source there whenever you want. Uh, We have a website at nohostagesradio.com, which lists all our episodes. This is episode 240, 240. And it will uh, be available on November 4, 2023. So whenever you picked it up, uh, you may have got it right away or caught caught up with it later. Uh, Some of you are ending up over here at this uh, podcast from our newspaper articles or even from our live radio show on Saturday, which is KMYC 1410 AM out here in Northern California. And uh, we do that show from 10 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon. So you can, uh, as I mentioned before, you can catch this recording uh, over at NoHostagesRadio.com if you missed part of this or missed it altogether and you can't find it. Uh, Okay, you can reach me, 530-713-1838. I'll mention that a couple more times in the telecast uh, because of projects I'm working on 530-713-1838. You can text or call me. I'm on the left coast in Northern California, as I mentioned. So you can also uh, reach me at Lou L O U at no hostages, radio.com. No hostages, radio.com Lou at L O U. So thank you for listening today. And we're going to get right into it. Uh, We had a a speaker battle, and it may not really be over, although they actually elected a a new Speaker of the House, a very important position. We realize, you know, whenever there's a blow-up in the Congress or in the House, uh, when I mean Congress, Senate, or or the House of Representatives, call them all the same thing, Congress, whenever there's a blow-up and things don't flow smoothly, you find out some of the rules— and some of the mechanisms that have been created in our government that aren't really constitutional. In other words, they just came up with some rules, and they follow them, and uh, usually it's the majority party that makes them up, 
and they are to their benefit, but they have nothing to do with the Constitution. So Chris Ann Hall, a couple of weeks ago on our podcast, I quoted her by saying uh, many of the rules creating a very powerful position as a Speaker of the House, it didn't have to be that powerful, uh, were uh, simply non unconstitutional rules, and they should be done away with it if the Republicans are really intending upon being constitutionalists. So she also uh, brought up uh, the the lie that the Congress or the House of Representatives, if you want to look at it that way, was perpetrating on us that because they had a, uh, a, a speaker pro tem or pro tempore, T-E-M-P-O-R-E, that they couldn't really do any business. Uh, she countered that by saying the Constitution absolutely said they should be doing business. And the reason that you have a temporary or a fill-in, like if your mayor is sick, your vice mayor can take over, or your uh, chairman of the Board of Supervisors is ill or out, the uh, the vice chairman can take. There's always a provision in any board as long as they can go ahead and do county business, city business, state business, federal business, as long as they have a quorum. So uh, this is a uh, fab fabrication and a lie, and it's to keep the public in the dark and to make political points off uh, a transition. For instance, if Nancy Pelosi would have died in office, they would have had a, a pro tem person, and they could have gone on and, and taken care of business. You know, uh, both parties are liars. You just got to you got to sort that out. If you think if you're a Republican, you think you're the, the good guys, you need to judge everybody with the same uh, ruler, right? The same standard, the same yardstick, because they're all lying to you all the time. So um, uh, I was interested in our uh, uh, congressperson, Doug LaMalfa, who represents the area I'm sitting in today. And uh, he didn't used to, but now he does. And I'm not happy about that. I would rather have Kevin Kiley as my representative, but he, he has one half of our county and LaMalfa has the other half. I happen to be unfortunate to be in the LaMalfa half. However, it was very interesting in the first vote uh, to throw McCarthy or to not after we they threw McCarthy out the first vote uh, LaMalfa uh, did not vote for Jim Jordan, who was the most conservative person and a Christian person uh, on the uh, in the House. And uh, he voted for McCarthy, even though uh, they had voted to vote. Others had voted. The majority had voted to vo vote McCarthy out. But he still voted for McCarthy, uh, showing how much of, of a friend and a believer he was in the values, the character and judgment of Kevin McCarthy. That uh, shows uh, what a, uh, a low life Doug LaMalfa is. And so uh, he has a right to be that. I, I, uh, he has a right to have his own opinion, except that he represents us. And the idea is that he would represent us, not represent something else or someone else. So um, after the he got some blowback when people recognized that he voted for a guy that's a liar. And uh, so then he said, well, I'll vote for Jim Jordan the next time around, which he did. So then they went through a couple of Jordan attempts and then Jordan backed out. And then another they went through a number of different things. And then finally, Mike Johnson 
was voted uh, in to take over, and that's who we have today. <clears throat> so let me read you what Doug LaMalfa has put out in news release form and is also on his website. Um, it's his comments on the removal of McCarthy specifically. So if you know that uh, Matt Gates from Florida, Congressman Matt Gates, and seven or eight other people uh, joined, I'm talking about Republican people, joined with the Democrats to uh, give them enough, enough votes to vacate the seat, the speaker's seat. Now, you might think this is a bunch of gobbledygook and it doesn't make any difference. And so uh, people like LaMalfa are finding fault with Gates and people are finding fault with Gates in these seven or eight people uh, because they joined with the Democrats. So uh, they people use political machinery all the time to get what they want. The big issue that nobody, none of these guys like LaMalfa want you to look at is that McCarthy is a liar. And McCarthy is not a conservative by a long shot. And McCarthy is, is uh, a big government, big pharma guy, big corporation guy, sold out to big corporations. Now, the reason LaMalfa likes him is because LaMalfa is the same. Birds of a feather flock together, right? And so uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Randy Thomason with SaveCalifornia.com he listed uh, the top 10 people that were in the running after Jim Jordan uh, stepped down. And they were Kevin McCarthy, because Kevin wanted his job back, Jack Bergman, Pete Sessions, Austin Scott, Dan Muser, Tom Emmer, Jody Arrington, Mike Johnson, Kevin Hearn, and Byron Donalds. The two guys out of that 10 men uh, that got F's, that were rated F, that they isn't just somebody's opinion. This is how they voted uh, c compared to the Constitution. The, so Liberty Score, you can go to libertyscore.conservativereview.com. I talked about this a bit last week. I'm going to talk about it again because I want to highlight that we not only had a wrong Republican in the House representing us down in Bakersfield in California and now the Speaker for nine months, but we have a wrong representative for our district, Lamalfa, in Northern California, because he's he's the same as McCarthy, except he actually has a better voting record than McCarthy. It's interesting. So McCarthy got an F. Bergman got an F. Why do they get an F in their voting? You know, people can tell you and talk, talk, talk all they want. It's how they vote that counts and where they get their money from. So both McCarthy and Bergman, uh, they scored on the Liberty score only 50% of the time, one out of two votes, they were voting for the Constitution or the constitutional way of uh, running the country. Just one out of two, 54% of the time for McCarthy, Bergman, 57%. Even Mike Johnson, who uh, was unanimously voted for the Speaker of the House, he got 74%. Not bad, but that's a C. The guy that got the best vote out of these 10 men, but was considered maybe too much of a newbie, was Byron Donalds of Florida. I think last week I might have said he was of Texas. Byron Donalds 
got a 100 percent affirmation from libertyscore.conservativeview.com. That means that every single vote he took while he's been in office, he's voted in line with what the Constitution says. And the rest of them uh, did not. We have one A, one B. B was Kevin Hearn. He was considered. He had an 82%. Then we had two Cs, four Ds, and two Fs out of the top 10 guys. Now, McCarthy repeatedly tried to backstab the system and tried to worm his way or wiggle his way (coughs) back into this uh, position. Now, this reveals something about Doug LaMalfa. You know, the Bible says out of the, you, you realize what's in a man's heart when you listen to what he says <clears throat> or what he does. And so what, what I just told you, those grades from A to F were what people did, not what they said they believed in. So here's what M- Lomalfa said about the pushing out of McCarthy. He said, today was one of the most frustrating and self-destructive days I've seen in Congress. Now, not all everybody agrees with LaMalfa. It was not self-destructive for uh, many, many Republicans. It was for LaMalfa. It's telling what he says next. By joining with Democrats, a small splinter group has removed the most conservative speaker of the House we have likely ever had. I don't know. I don't uh, have the uh, historical knowledge to compare on that. But I'm just uh, what I'm going to say is Kevin McCarthy is not a conservative. Now, he may be the most conservative we've ever had, but he isn't a conservative. And he says a small splinter group. It has nothing to do with the splinter group. It has what what those people, those eight or nine or ten people. They confronted McCarthy. Remember, it took 15 votes to get him in the first place. They said, we want some change. And he said, "Okay, okay, okay." I'll give you the change. They, he lied to them. And so liberal uh, Republicans like Nancy Mace from North Carolina or very conservative Republicans like uh, Matt Gates, they voted against him. You know why? It wasn't like because he was so conservative or not so conservative. It's because he's a liar. And he made deals that were undermining the Republican way. So Lamalfa goes on to say, quote, I do not see a path forward today that results in lower spending. He Lamalfa voted with McCarthy and they increased spending. They just got through. These guys will just tell you anything. He said, I don't see a path forward that's going to result in lower spending, more freedom for individuals or more secure border. Listen, Kevin McCarthy has had all kinds of opportunities to fight for these things. He's been in there for a long time. He has not done that. Have you ever wondered why you keep voting for conservatives, if that's what you do, and they simply don't do what they say they're going to do, whether it's on pro-life or borders or stop going over and fighting every war in the universe? The likely outcome, Lamalfa goes on, says, when the, the dust settles, will be with Democrats holding more power and Republican priorities sidelined. That is not true. He has just totally swung and missed. His prognostication is all screwed up. On a personal note, this is so telling. Thank you for, I, I appreciate Doug Lamalfa for being so honest. 
On a personal note, Kevin McCarthy is a good friend who did not deserve to be betrayed this way. Listen, the betrayal happened the other way. It's Kevin McCarthy who betrayed the people. You know, it's kind of like your wife is having sex with your neighbor. Your wife is having sex with your neighbor. Over and over again, you give her a chance. Finally, you leave her. And then her girlfriend says about you that you betrayed your wife after she's been banging the guy next door repeatedly. This is what my, this is what uh, Lamalfa is saying. Lamalfa was getting benefits from McCarthy. Let's just put it that way. But I'm going to give you what he's saying. It's, it's on his website, unless they pulled it down. He said, on a personal, Kevin McCarthy is a good friend. You know something? I got good friends that are murderers. I got good friends that are major drug dealers, right? I got all kinds of good friends. It concerns me, and I don't have any problem with it. He wants to be a good friend to Kevin McCarthy. Listen, La Malfa is like McCarthy, except he weighs more, weighs a lot more. And he's not as smart as McCarthy. On a personal note, he said, Kevin McCarthy is a good friend who did not deserve to be betrayed this way. He was not betrayed. He was given an opportunity if he agreed to certain qualifications to take the position because the other people, he would have never been voted in. He would have never been voted in as speaker if he hadn't agreed with the most conservative Republic Republicans to balance the budget every year and, and a number of other issues. They weren't constitutional issues. They, they were corrections to the way the house had been run by just different rules. And they said, we're done with this. And he finally said, okay, I'll fix it. And he didn't fix it. They gave him from January 1 to October. And then they voted him out. Now, that is not a betrayal. The betrayal was done when Kevin McCarthy did not hold his end of the bargain. And and, uh, why isn't uh, LaMalfa talking about that? Because he's he's not supportive of it. He is not a Republican. He is a rhino. Republican in name only. So let me just say that he said on a personal note, Lomalfa says, Kevin McCarthy is a good friend who did not deserve to be betrayed. Okay. Your, your wife has sex on you repeatedly for months and months and months. Finally, you walk out on her and her girlfriend says that you betrayed her. That's what Lomalfa is saying. He has kept his promises and worked to advance our cause. Lomalfa is a liar. He's giving bullshit. That's bullshit that he's dissing, dissing, dishing out to his constituents. Listen, this isn't written to the rest of the world. Nobody cares about LaMalfa. He's a wallflower in Washington. The only people he cares about is his constituents at voting time so he can keep his cush job because he really doesn't do anything back there. You never see him on the House floor throwing down on people. He said his removal by a splinter group, this is the second time he's mentioned the term splinter group. You know something? Uh, McCarthy wasn't defeated initially by a splinter group. He couldn't, there, people didn't, people knew one, he was immoral. Two, he was a liar. Three, he, he is not a, a conservative. Four, he is not a constitutionalist. 
His removal by a splinter group is a huge mistake, and I suspect that they will soon regret their actions. Let me tell you something. No conservative Republican, by getting rid of McCarthy, is ever going to be sad about their actions. I'll guarantee that. What he's trying to do is uh, play the sour grape, the whiner. Uh, you know, the, these guys, all right, they didn't get it their way. No, uh, the way that the conservative Republicans, Republicans want the House to be run, according to the Constitution, is exactly what Chris Ann Hall was saying two, two weeks ago, a constitutional attorney. She said, let's get back to the Constitution. Otherwise, we're just switching House leaders. Like she said, McCarthy was just no different than uh, Nancy Pelosi. And I called him a house leader without lipstick and Botox. I'm telling you, the difference between the rhinos and the liberals is zero. Lamalfa is, a, he plays both sides. He doesn't care who's running the show. He plays both sides of the bench. He is bisexual politically. All right, we're going to take a break. And our first uh, segment is gone. And we're going to take a share a few clips with you and then we'll be back for uh session two through six in a few minutes sit down here you can have my chair i can't see us going anywhere girl the only place open is a thousand miles away and i'm not oh kelly's words describe the incident he spoke of a quote young marine with more tubes going in and out of his body than I have ever seen in one body. He couldn't see very well. He reached up and grabbed my four stars just to make sure I was who I said I was. He held my hand with a firm grip. He was making signals and we realized he wanted to tell me something. We put a pad of paper in his hand and he wrote, Semper Fi. Well, if you've been a Marine or if Like myself, you're an admirer of the Marines. You know those words are a battle cry, a greeting, and a legend in the Marine Corps. They're Marine shorthand for the motto of the Corps. Semper Fidelis. Always faithful. I come to you with a message of leave-taking and farewell. This speech did not get very much attention. When a new president is coming to power, as John Kennedy was, The spotlight was not on Dwight Eisenhower. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. There was a feeling at the time that this must have been written by some speechwriter who just sneaked into the speech. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. Three months ago, uh, we got contacted by a family up in Minnesota saying that we have documents from Malcolm Moose. He was responsible in in part for drafting the military-industrial complex speech. These new papers give us written evidence that this was not just some caprice of Eisenhower's or something by some speechwriter. You see the evolution of his speech from from May 1959 to uh, 1961. And he wanted to give this speech for a long time, two years. Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime, or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. 
There was one person in Dwight Eisenhower's life whom he really confided almost everything to, and that was his brother Milton. There's one particular document where the speechwriters had already drafted their version of the speech, only to see uh, Milton come along and totally revamp what had already been, been written. When Milton Eisenhower was uh, taking notes and writing things on the drafts of these speeches, the speechwriters knew that it wasn't Milton talking, it was Ike. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. He would see magazines with advertisements for some you know, new warplane or some bomb, and he got so angry he'd take the magazine and throw it into the fireplace of the Oval Office because he felt that defense spending should not be something that would be encouraged by companies who are seeking commercial gain. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. There is an interesting document. It shows that the farewell speech would be made to Congress. But yet, President Eisenhower decided, no, he was going to address the people. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. One test of how well a president speaks is how long the speech lives. Here we are 50 years later, we're still talking about this speech. Now, on Friday noon, I am to become a private citizen. I am proud to do so. I look forward to it. Thank you, and good night. Welcome back. I wanted to give a shout out here to uh, my friend out at uh, Elite Universal Security. That's uh, Monty Hecker. And uh, let you know that if you need, if you're up here in Northern California, which is where he serves, he's he's headquartered in Yuba County, but uh, he serves all the way to the Oregon border, which is almost five hours north. And... Uh, if you need any kind of security done, whether it's for your home, your business, your ranch, your industry, your construction site, your demolition site, all that kind of stuff, he has all the different types of <clears throat> guard approaches to keep your items safe. Maybe you're in the midst of a harvest, you're harvesting a valuable crop, and uh, you don't want to keep it unobserved at night you got it stashed in the orchard or out in the field all those kind of things may be something that he can help with elite universal security has been around for many decades and approved themselves so you can reach them very easy anytime you want to call because they have a dispatch center at 530-749-0280-749-0280 if you want to uh help and maybe you're looking for a job and you think, oh, I wonder what it's like to be a guard. Uh, you could probably get on and, and if you don't even want to work full time, maybe you're a really quality guy or gal and uh, you have retired. But you think, wow, I didn't realize inflation and Biden 
Biden economics was going to hit us like this, I need to make some money and supplement my income. Well, that might be a good connect with Elite Universal Security. They can hire you. They will train you. And you don't have to live down here in Yuba County or Sutter County. You can be out there in whatever county you are. And if they got a job over there, they're working. They could put you over there. So 530-749-0280. And uh, their website is EliteUniversalSecurity.com. Check them out. Also, I want to mention uh, that uh, Will Fanning and Josh James are over and and associates are over all power services, 1469 Stewart Road in South Yuba City. It's right off Highway 99 going towards the Sutter Buttes. Uh, they fix all kinds of equipment all the way up to vehicles. But there's they, a lot of places don't work on small equipment. They work on all kinds of small equipment, hand tools, uh, yard tools, mowers, push, pull, writing, all the variety of mowers, chainsaws are experts and, and uh, certified on all kinds of chainsaws, all kinds of equipment that, that you really need and count on to make your job easier, they can fix it. So uh, give them a call at All Power Services, 530-844-0347. That's a cell number. You can text or call, 844-0347. Or you can call a landline, 530-791-5100. Okay, so I was talking about um, the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, and uh, he's from Louisiana, and he has a voting record that is not something as gorgeous as Byron Donald's. It's in the 70s, and lots of people like him. even though he's a conservative, even even some of the Democrats, I think. So I want to mention a couple odds and ends here before we get into thick of things. I wanted to get the LaMalfa thing off my chest. And I I mentioned last week that the Rite Aid pharmacies, which I I don't believe I've ever been in one, although we have two or three up in this area in Northern California. But in California, I read a couple weeks ago that 31 Rite Aid pharmacies are going out of business. And somebody said, oh, yeah, I was at the one in Oliver's, which is in a rural area to uh, Marysville, Yuba City, where I'm sitting. And uh, they said, oh, yeah, I was in Rite Aid out there, and the shelves were empty. The pharmacy was going, but the shelves were empty. So that's a sign that they don't have the stock in the warehouse or the credit to buy the products to put back on the shelves. So uh, Rite Aid is is uh, reorganizing in, in bankruptcy, and uh, it's it's – a telling situation because it's between 800 and 900,000. Some people think actually a million people left California last year. Well, when they leave, they take all their prescriptions with them, right? In other words, they don't get their prescriptions in California. They get them in Texas, Tennessee, wherever they go, right? Mexico, wherever they move. So, uh, the other thing that happened, uh, that CVS, another big uh, store out here in California, we have them anyway. We have a, we have a Walgreens, we have CVS, and we have uh, a Rite Aid, right? So CVS, which we have all these, these are the three we have in our local area. And then there's some independent uh, pharmacies as well. So CVS in Washington, D.C., 
there's a picture here in this magazine and it shows that on their shelves they don't have they don't have products they just have pictures of the products and if you want one you ask somebody to go fetch it now that's exactly what they did in soviet russia when the wall fell and we went to visit soviet russia and to set up a printing operation over there and we went to buy some groceries because we had rented an apartment for our staff that we hired and uh, when we went to uh, to go to the grocery store you couldn't go in the store you had to stand in the line outside and you gave uh, a list of items you wanted on a piece of paper to a worker and they went in and picked up what you wanted you didn't get a choice of brand name you just got whatever was there and they brought it back and you paid them or you paid them first and you sorted it out this is what they're doing now at cvs in washington dc because theft is so high and they're losing so much in terms of lawlessness and people just picking up stuff stuffing in their bags and walking out with it so uh, so literally, it's shocking to see it, but there's just photographs of the item all the way up and down the shelves, and then you tell them what you want, and they collect it all. You know, it's like some places, you in most stores in California, if you want liquor, you want cigarettes, or something really expensive, the you tell the, the uh, clerk, and she runs over, he runs over, and unlocks it, grabs it, brings it over, charges it, and then you move on, Right. Remember, you used to be able to bring your own liquor up, cigarettes, the whole thing, right? Now, none of that. Now, everything, many, many things are being just, uh, you. they hand serve you. You can't go serve yourself because you're a thief. That's the idea. Did you know that CVS is going to close 900 stores in the United States? 900. I'm telling you that as people uh, move uh, around, uh, I think that's the United States. Maybe they're actually meaning in the uh, the Washington, D.C. area. I doubt it, though. Probably 900 stores uh, nationally. Something's going on, folks, and uh, you can't get your products that you used to get. And you think, oh, I can do that. It's really not going to affect me. It's actually affecting us right now. If you're a Rite Aid customer out in Oliver's, you're not able to go pick up those items that you'd grab while you're going into the pharmacy. Maybe you're going to go get toothpaste as well or toilet paper or whatever, a drink or whatever, smokes, whatever. You're not able to get that. Or, um, yeah, they just didn't have it in stock. They're not shipping it out because they don't have it in stock. They can't buy it from the from the the provider the manufacturer because their their credit's gone so now we have cvs that's gone so recently uh going to presidential politics uh president trump referred to nikki haley as a bird brain and i thought she is a bird brain i thought what a great name for her you know sometimes when people are labeled like that you think oh how'd they get that uh, but bird brain fits her. I, I thought Nikki Haley, when she was governor, I thought maybe she was a good governor, you know. Then she turned around and, and removed the rebel flag, you know, as a part of our history. You know, it's not like we're promoting it today. It's a part of our history. So she, she uh, what, they, what do they call it? She culture canceled it. And I thought, Nikki Haley ain't my girl no mo. 
She is not a Republican. She is not a conservative. So then you remember uh, before that, you remember Trump picked her, Nikki Haley, as his secretary to the United Nations. And I thought, okay, she's standing up to some of these guys and gals. And so she's got it going on, maybe. But then on the way out, she took criticism of Trump standing up against the the, uh, stolen election. And she backstabbed him. She is dishonest. She is disloyal. Does anybody want a disloyal or dishonest partner? Whether you live with them or marry them? I don't. I don't want to be, I don't even want to work around people that are dishonest or disloyal. They're a brain drain on me. They're a soul drain. You ever had somebody, you're around for a while and you feel like your battery, your your soul battery got drained? You think, oh, man, I need to go get recharged. Nikki Haley is a ripoff. Did you see her in some of the debates? She's, she's a bitch. She's like, what? Who is this woman? What did she? Where, I, I used to really like her, her come across. She was very uh, judicious in her speaking. She was, uh, she seemed like somebody I would want to vote for. I would not want to vote for her for anything now. I'm done with her. Trump properly calls her a bird brain. She doesn't know which side her bread is buttered on. Credible. I love this. A big, I love bacon, you know, and there's a big pile of bacon, just fresh cooked, beautiful bacon. It says, people who eat bacon are less likely to blow themselves up. Do you get the point here? Do you know that over 60% of Muslims don't really have a problem with suicide bombers? Those would be folks that don't eat bacon. You get it? Some of you don't get the point. Muslims don't eat pig. Not every, not every ethnic group goes around and blows themselves up. Blacks don't do that. It's, it's an ethnic group. It's a, it's a religious group. It's Muslims that blow themselves up. People who eat bacon are less likely to blow themselves up. This is another one. You know, the caravans coming out of Central America, South America, Mexico, and just running right across the border. You know, right now, you know how they have the uh, razor wire and big circles running down the border? They had forklifts. The Americans were lifting with forklifts, lifting the razor wire up so they could walk under it. You think that the the government of Biden isn't like violating every rule, every constitutional law that the president is supposed to do to protect the borders? We have all these people on the inside of the United States raised here hate capitalism, hate the success of the United States, even though it's imperfect, right? Hate it. Just hate it. They can't stand it. We want socialism. Every one of these people in these caravans is coming from socialist dictatorship countries like we're headed to. So there's a big picture of them, thousands of them walking, and over the top of it it says, if socialism is so good, and capitalism is so bad. Why isn't the caravan heading back to Venezuela? Why are these people all coming north instead of these college students leaving and going south? Because the college students are being paid for by the government and by their mama and daddy. And that's all they know how America works. 
So they want just more of it. They'll come up and say, well, we think all of our education should be paid for by somebody that's out hard working and framing the houses and building the sewer pipes and uh, bridges and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is another one. You, have you seen these memes? It's the Mexican word of the day. The Mexican word of the day, it shows Biden here with a sombrero. And it said the Mexican of the word, the word of the day is body wash, body wash. It says Biden was on TV, but nobody wash him. You get it? Biden was on TV, but nobody wash him. Body wash. That's your, that's your Spanglish of the day. Then there's another photograph, a friend of mine who left California, living in another state, bought himself a whole big parcel of land and a big lake lives on it back there. Picture of California overcast and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Oh, I can't even count them on. There's so many uh, bird blenders. Windmills, right? Windmill farm must be 30, 40, 50 off in the distance. Said California, the state that generates power with wind, but shuts off the power when it's windy. I want you to think about that. We have had the power shut off up here in Northern California when it gets really windy. You know, when I was a youngster, same power company, PG&E, same mountains, same electricity, we never shut off the power when it was windy or there was a storm. You just fixed it. It didn't break down a lot either. Now it just breaks. It seems like the littlest thing causes the power to break off, shut off. It says California, the state that generates, we're going to put all our bucks on wind energy. But we shut it off when, the, when it's really windy. Did you know that uh, wind energy... Windmills do not make energy when the wind doesn't blow. When it's a big, beautiful California sunny day and there's no wind, there's not one kilowatt worth of power coming from those windmills. You get it? Not one, not one bit. Here's one that says, don't save the whales. And there's a dead whale uh, floating by some kind of a I don't know. It's a big cylinder sticking out of the water. I don't know exactly what it is. It says a Danish offshore wind developer, Orsted, has scrapped projects to develop wind farms off the coast of New Jersey due to a higher than expected write down of its portfolio. In other words, it ain't what it said it was financially. The company blames supply chain delays and high interest rates that tanked the project. The company's CEO says that he's disappointed because we firmly believe the U.S. needs offshore wind to achieve its carbon emissions reduction ambition. This is baloney. That's an entire lie that he said there. He's only saying it so they they participate in the fraud and get all the uh, subsidies from United States taxpayers. That's what he wants. Remember, he's a Danish company. The article says, but is offshore wind really the promise that climate ambassadors said it is? Not only is it less reliable than most energy we've got, it's also killing the whales. 
Do you remember the days when we used to have boats that would go out in front of the whaling boats and they would try to stop the whaling boats and they would try to sabotage the whaling boats and they would criminalize the whaling boats to save the whales? Remember there were T-shirts, Save the Whales? You go to the aquarium down in Monterey, said, Save the Whales. What happened to Save the Whales? What happened to Save the Bald Eagle? Well, we don't care about it anymore. Chop up them bald eagles. We give we give those bird blenders, those windmills, an exemption to chop up eagles because eagles get hit by those massive propellers. And whales get affected by the windmills out in the ocean. In September, a whale named Faith, it's amazing, these people, these environmentalists, they actually name all these whales. A whale named Faith was killed next to Orsted, an Orsted site in Rhode Island. Journalist Michael Schellenberger, he ran for governor here recently, says that she was the 71st whale killed by wind projects since last December. You think, wow, 71st. Do you think if, if fishermen or fisherwomen went out and killed 71 whales in their nets over a season of fishing that there wouldn't be a national outcry? Come on. They can kill all the eagles and whales they want now. Said a new documentary called Thrown to the Wind challenges the government's insistence that wind projects are not related to a spike in whale deaths. No, they just, it's just they're having a bad season. The question is, if not this, then what? You know, it's interesting. I read today. I read a lot because I put together this podcast and I write articles and do stuff and do a live show. I'm I'm just amazed at the lack of literacy. This is a pretty good, well-written short article. But the person doesn't know how to spell whales. <laughs> it's, how could, what's up with this, right? And all it's like, okay, it's a typo. They, they just... Missed one thing. They spell Wales, W-A-L-E-S. We'll be right back, and we'll do our third segment in just a minute. Well, you can walk out on me tonight If you think that it ain't feeling right But, darling, there ain't no getting over me Well, you can say turned it into a drive-through, drive-through vaccinations in association with Pfizer and McDonald's. Get your booster at window one, order your booster, window one. Get delivered your booster at window two. Pick up your associated clots at window three and then see how far you can drive with one leg and half an arm. God help us.
So right now, Israel has turned off the water and the power, and they've announced the water and power in the Gaza Strip are going to remain off until Hamas releases the hundred or so hostages that they are currently holding. And already you're starting to hear rumblings from the world. Oh, well, that, that, isn't that collective punishment? And the answer is, well, when Hamas has honeycombed itself into these areas, how exactly would you expect Israel to accomplish its goals? I wasn't aware that um, after you murder everybody's, everybody's children, they have an obligation to provide you water and power. I don't give a what you say. White people are friendly. You can call them motherfuckers up at three o'clock in the morning with the wrong number and they won't even be mad at you. They just, hello. No, I'm sorry. No Shaquita here. Well, what number did you dial? No, it's a nine, not a seven. We'll try it. If it doesn't work, call me back. We'll figure this thing out. I feel good. I knew if I wouldn't I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. So good. So good. I got a year. Wow. I feel nice. The sugar is fine. You know, I've uh, run into people all the time. Maybe it's because I talk about it on the air, but I talk about all these different topics. And people, uh, people have lots of legal deals that we need to sort out. And uh, we were just talking about people regarding running for office. You had to get this notarized, and you had to get this filled out just this way. If it isn't filled out perfect, they won't accept it, and you can't get on the ballot. You know, it's just life is complicated in Western society, is it not? So when you need some help and you're not sure how things, when you're trying to file some paperwork, maybe it's to get a guardianship or restraining order or Maybe you're trying to just sort some things out with some folks or you're trying to get a power of attorney done or maybe someone you really care about is having a tough time health-wise in the hospital and you need some paperwork done. The guys I go to or the ladies I go to is North Valley Paralegal and they're at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, Suite 202A. Nellie Garcia is the owner and uh, she is a great lady. But, you know, so even, I, you know, if I go to doctors and stuff, I don't even care whether they're great or not in terms of personality and bedside manner, quote unquote. I just want them to get the job done and uh, do it well. Right. Just get it done. Well, do it well and uh, be on top of it. And so that you get all that. Plus, you get nice people, honesty and a reasonable price with North Valley paralegal Nellie Garcia. So uh, you can make an appointment with her by calling her at 530-751-9289, 751-9289. If you're pressed and you just want to drive over there, you can, but no guarantees. They may be right in the middle of something and can't just stop and drop what they're doing. But if you want to make an appointment where you'll be treated, where they you get 110% of their attention, call them up, 751-9289. Also wanted to mention Allen's Auto Body. That's where I go when my car gets in a crash or somebody bangs it like knocks a window out or does something crazy. Uh, I take it to Allen's Auto Body and Kevin and Carrie Clark and sons fix me up and make me feel all better. My car's smiling when I get it back and it's looking like it came right off the showroom floor, even though it's a really old car. So Allen's Auto Body, they're right here in Yuba City on Sutter Street at the cross section of Tea Garden. And the reason I'm not going to give you the number, then you don't have to write it down, because if you just pay attention that it's a cross-section of Tea Garden and Sutter, uh, you're going to then uh, 
watch for the yellow building. And if you watch the bright yellow building, you almost have to put on your shades. That's the place. Here's their landline. You can call them and make an appointment if you want or just roll in there Monday through Friday and they'll be hanging around fixing somebody else's problem. 530-671-1057. Okay. Did you see where the Supreme Court rejected a challenge from uh, a nail importer? It's a company that imports lots, wants to import lots of nails. And they said, we don't like the tariffs that are on the nails. So they fought it all the way to the Supreme Court. Do you remember a tariff is a tax, right? And they call it a tariff because it's, uh, it's, it's dealing with international trade. So when things come in the United States, they may or may not have a tariff on them. So on top of you know, whatever the value is, you have to state the value of the product, and then they, they multiply it times this percent. So over the years, prior to President Trump coming to office, and he's a astute businessman, politicians were just giving away uh, and losing at every time we sent shipments of things to China, particularly. Big population there, they buy a lot of stuff. So all the stuff that was being shipped to China had huge tariffs, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30% on top of the value of the product. So in other words, if people buy the product in the container, times they give a tariff to the government. Tariffs, you got it? T-A-R-I-F-F-S, not two R's, one F, one R, two F's, tariffs. So when Trump came in, what happened is because of tariffs, uh, China... uh, we allowed anybody to ship steel in here. We didn't have tariffs on them before Trump, or they weren't, they were very slight. So company, countries like China were making all the steel, and the uh, the country of China, the government, would subsidize the steel company. They owned the steel company, so they'd subsidize it, and they would dump cheap steel onto our onto our shores. And it was so damaging to the steel that was produced here that it ran the steel companies out of business. So then what happens is when all your steel and all your important products are made by foreign competitors, if they ever go into war with you or there's a controversy, then you have no steel yourself. That happened during COVID. Do you remember? All of the PPE products like masks and shields and gloves were being produced in China. And all most all our drugs are being produced in China. And when we get sidewards with them, all of a sudden we don't have certain drugs because the pharmacies over here, the pharmacy makers over here quit making them because the the government subsidizes the manufacturing of those things so they make them so cheap they run everybody out of business here. It isn't a level playing field. So Trump then, he created tariffs on imported steel from wherever in the world it came. And then that made it worth the the American steel companies going back into business and making steel right here in the old U.S. of A. So the U.S. Supreme Court had a challenge that the, the steel imports uh, tariffs were 
unconstitutional, illegal, all this stuff. And they said, no, we don't buy it because Trump was concerned about the safety and defense of the country. And uh, so we're going to make it an equal playing field and be able to have steel here at home. And the next thing would be pharmaceuticals here at home. And the next thing would be other products here at home. So that's that. I thought you'd be interested in that. I mean, I, I was fascinated when he started putting those uh, tariffs on. I want to read you a story here. I thought it was a great story called Little Italy in the Bronx. Mar- Mario Mondo- Madonia arrived in the United States. This is a true righteous immigrant story. Mario Madonia arrived in the United States in the early 1900s from Monreale, Monreale, Sicily, and settled into the Arthur Avenue neighborhood. He started baking bread as a part of a co-op known as the Reliable Bronx Italian Bakers. The building located at 2385 Arthur Avenue still bears the name today. During Prohibition, the streets of the neighborhood were all made one way because the police wanted to make it harder for bootleggers to escape. During a car chase on May 15, a local bootlegger's car crashed through the window of Madonia Brothers Bakery. While Mario was in the back baking, his wife Rose, who was seven months pregnant, was working in the front. And the shock from the crash sent her into premature labor and she delivered a little boy in the bakery. The baby's survival was doubtful. However, his parents persevered. They took a shoebox, lined it with cotton, and placed the baby in it by the oven for warmth, which effectively acted like an incubator. Each each day, the boy grew stronger. Eleven days later, on May 26, Mario and Rose registered their child with the Department of Health. In other words... They didn't. They weren't controlled by the government. Oh my God! You had a baby. How come you haven't got? How come you haven't called the government and had her come out and look at it? Right? When they got good and ready, and they figured the baby's going to survive, they took the child in and and registered the child with the Department of Health, and that's how Peter Madonia Senior was literally born into the bakery business. He did it right there amongst the flour. This year, Madonia Bakery, this is so cool, celebrated its 105th anniversary and has been serving families for four generations. I like that. A lot of the businesses I promote on this show are old-time businesses. None of them have made it 105 years, but they're, they're on their way. We need to get into multiple generations is what we need to do. So um, Gavin Newsom, as I... Uh, I haven't actually started talking about that yet, but I will in a minute. Uh, This is a write-up from the Kevin Kiley blog. He's our representative for Yuba County and Nevada County, several counties up here in Northern California, half of Yuba County. The county that I don't live in is with with Kiley. Kiley's been a bright spot, although some say he's not voting very strongly with the Constitution either. He's at least standing up against corruption. And so... uh, He titles this a historic lie. Gavin Newsom just outright denied all responsibility for California's COVID debacle 
asked about his widely criticized shutdowns, Newsom claimed he, f- he allowed local control. Let me ask you people out in Yuba-Sutter counties, are you local people going to take responsibility over what we call local control, or are you going to blame it on Newsom? Supervisors, are you going to answer me? Supervisors, are you going to say, oh, we didn't have local control. We were just doing what the governor said. Are you going to do that for masks, for lockdowns, uh, stay at home, closing the schools? Was that local control, folks? Newsom claimed it was. And that as governor, he had little ability to determine COVID policies. He took over the whole state. He shut down the assembly. He shut down the Senate. He made his own decision. I'm going to tell you about a billion-dollar decision he made with no input from the assembly, which that's where all your revenue bills start is in the assembly. If At the federal level, they all start in the House, and then they go over to the Senate. The governor said in an emergency, he doesn't need anybody else. He's making all the calls. Now he's saying he didn't make those calls. And he had little ability to determine COVID policies. Everybody's pointing fingers at somebody else after they've done everybody wrong. Kylie says this is a lie of historic proportions. School shutdowns, business shutdowns, church shutdowns, mask mandates, vaccine mandates. All were done unilaterally by Gavin Newsom. Not through local control. You can see the video He said, you can see it on video clips from the past. He has one here, but I can't show it to you. We will not let Newsom escape responsibility for the nightmare he put us all through. With each step he takes towards the national stage, with every falsehood he utters, I will set the record straight and assure every American that every American knows what he's done to our beautiful state. All right, let me just move on from this. I got more to say about Uh, Did you notice that Governor Newsom, which the governor, uh, the the state is in a a free fall of disaster. So the California Globe, which if you don't watch the California Globe or read it, you should. It's a Internet newspaper, the California Globe uh, or California Globe. Uh, The the editors, Katie, K-A-T-Y Grimes. She's a great writer. So there's an article in there as of uh, a couple days ago. Gavin in China visits BYD electric car maker. Do you remember BYD? Do you remember the name of that company? You can't recall how you heard that? That's the company. Remember it says electric car company here. The company, he awarded an electric car company $1.4 billion no competition contract to buy masks in 95 masks during COVID from them. Do you remember that? No, no competition, no put it out for bid. When the, when the masks, a sample of the masks arrive, the OSHA, Cal OSHA, the, the safety committee that met, monitors all construction, etc. They looked at the masks and said, these masks are inferior. These, we should not accept this, this contract. But we, we ended up doing the contract. We paid $1.4 billion for a Chinese company to make masks. You don't think any company in the United States could have made those masks as well? 
It's because China was so, because uh, Newsom was tied into China, just like McConnell is, just like McCarthy is, just like Pelosi is, just like Feinstein was. So I want to get down here and uh, tell you about all the. So. I'm not going to talk about him ignoring all the the human rights abuses and all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to tell you what a scam this guy is. He said the governor's BYD. BYD stands for Build Your Dream. That's the name of the company. Build Your Dream. BYD. The governor's BYD $1.4 billion contract looked like well-connected insider trading. Here's what we found. This, this should get your attention. Regarding what political, regardless of what political party. This company's based in Shenzhen, China. That's right across the border from Hong Kong. It's the largest, uh, maybe the largest city in China at this point. It used to be a fishing village. Now it's a massive city. I've been there numbers of times. The electric, the electric bus manufacturer has a California subsidiary in Lancaster, California. In other words, it's BYD America and BYD China. And this subsidiary in California employs 1,000 people. California Globe has uncovered a trail of well-connected players in the odd $1.4 billion mask deal, which seems to lead up to the cabinet level inside the governor's office. The prominent lobbyist who represented BYD is Mark Weidman, W-E-I-D-E-M-A-N, of the Weidman Group. The governor's campaign received 40000 from BYD's automotive division. You see what I'm saying? We give them $1.4 billion taxpayers' money. They give Gavin Newsom 40000 from the automotive division for his, his uh, governor's campaign. Weidman also represents Bloom Energy, a fuel cells manufacturer in San Jose, which recently retooled its facility to rehabilitate ventilators for COVID-19 patients. I'll add, no COVID-19 patient should ever be on a ventilator. It kills them. Weidman also represents NextGen America, owned by Tom Steyer, a billionaire, Newsom's Economic Recovery Committee chairman, whose failed presidential campaign petered out in late February. California Globe called and emailed Weidman. Anyway, re- called and did all those things. Nobody responded. There's more. Mark Weidman's wife is named Jennifer Wada, W-A-D-A, an attorney who now has a government relations business called Wada Government Relations Group. It is common knowledge, even among Sacramento insiders, that Wada and Weidman are married. Wada previously was a partner in Wada Williams' Law Group. Her former law partner is Anthony Williams, who is now Governor Newsom's Legislative Affairs Secretary, although news reports from 2018 also called Williams Newsom's chief lobbyist. Anthony Williams was a senior advisor for the former Democrat state Senate leaders John Burton and Daryl Steinberg and lobbied for the Judicial Council of California State Bar. In other words, he gets around, right? Okay. A senior source, a source for the governor, was able to pivot so quickly from the bad blue flame medical deal to BYD because of the connection between Weidman, Wada, and Williams. In the email California Globe sent, we asked Weidman about the close connections and if the deal came together because of Weidman, 
Wada, and Williams. Newsom and his aides singled out BYD America, which manufacture electric buses in Lancaster, and has been a beneficiary of California's efforts to combat climate change. Uh, Cal Matters, another uh, periodical, reported in 2020 that Mark Gilarducci, Newsom's director of the Office of Emergency Services, said BYD has a direct reach back into China to be able to build a sustainable amount of monthly mass that will be coming in to assist us. BYD America is a subsidiary, as I mentioned, of BYD China. As her governor, Newsom and his aides singled out BYD America. Anthony Williams is one of Newsom's top-level aides as an organizational chart. Anyway, I'm not going to go into more of this. I'm just telling you that uh, without any bidding, you know, it's, it's interesting. In government, normally they have all this competitive bidding, right? But when somebody like the top dogs want to do it, they want to make an executive decision. They just gave away $1.4 billion of taxpayer dollars without any competition while getting money back from them in the form of donations to his campaign. We're going to end the uh, third segment here, and we'll be right back. How to Stop a Trans Delusion. I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. A group of truth-telling doctors, physicians who know the science that if you've inherited a Y chromosome from your biological father, you're male. And if you haven't, you're female. Well, they've launched a new website full of facts for anyone looking for the truth about transsexuality. The Biological Integrity website is a comprehensive, scientifically accurate resource for parents, teens, pastors, educators, healthcare professionals, and policymakers that documents the dangers of the transgendered ideology. Do your part to protect children from the delusion that they can change their sex. See and share the Biological Integrity website at SaveCalifornia.com, championing your values in California. Once again, we've got our friend from military intelligence. Can you tell us what you've found out about the enemy since you've been here? We found out that we can't find them. They're out there, and we're having a major difficulty in finding the enemy. Well, what do you use to look for them? Well, we ask people, are you the enemy? And whoever says yes, we shoot them. It's very difficult to find a Vietnamese man named Charlie. They're all named Noyan or Dao or things like that. It's very difficult for me. Is it true that you've actually, um, you're actually too close to some of the nerve agents that they were testing? Nerve gas? Yes. Have you used that in? Well, once, yes, on myself. And it had no... Wow! Wow! No effect on me. I've had no actual... Wow! Shoo-hoo! No! No! Big dogs! Big dogs! Lending on my face! I don't know what that means. 
Dr. David Martin was recently a guest at the European Union and laid out the timeline for the biggest democide in recorded history. You can see the full video on band.video. This is my short edit. Coronavirus was identified in 1965 as one of the first infectious replicatable viral models that could be used to modify a series of other experiences of the human condition. What's particularly interesting about its isolation in 1965 was that it was immediately identified as a pathogen that could be used and modified for a whole host of reasons. In 1966, the very first COV coronavirus model was used as a transatlantic biological experiment in human manipulation. And in 1967, we did the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. The common cold was turned into a chimera in the 1970s. And in 1975, 1976, and 1977, we started figuring out how to modify coronavirus by putting it into different animals, pigs, and dogs, and that became the basis for Pfizer's first spike protein vaccine patent filed, are you ready for this, in 1990. And in 1990, they found out that there was a problem with vaccines. They didn't work. It turns out that coronavirus is a very malleable model. It transforms and it changes and it mutates over time. As a matter of fact, every publication on vaccines for coronavirus from 1990 until 2018, every single publication concluded that coronavirus escapes the vaccine impulse. In 2002, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill patented, and I quote, an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus. And that work patented at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill mysteriously preceded SARS 1.0 by a year. In 2005, this particular pathogen was specifically labeled as a bioterrorism and bioweapon platform technology. And from 2005 onwards, it was actually a biowarfare enabling agent, its official classification. We have been lured into believing that EcoHealth Alliance and DARPA and all of these organizations are what we should be pointing to, but we've been specifically requested to ignore the facts that over $10 billion have been funneled through black operations through the check of Anthony Fauci and a side-by-side -side ledger where NIAID has a balance sheet and next to it is a biodefense balance sheet equivalent dollar-for-dollar -dollar matching that no one in the media talks about poised for human emergence in 2016 at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, such that by the time we get to 2017 and 2018, the following phrase entered into common parlance among the community. There is going to be an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen. Seven months before the allegation of patient number one, four patent applications of Moderna were modified to include the term accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen as the justification for making a vaccine for a thing that did not exist. 
The intent was to get the world to accept a universal vaccine template, and the intent was to use coronavirus to get there. This was premeditated domestic terrorism stated at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in 2015. Does that sound like a bat and a pangolin went into a bar in the Wuhan market? This is an act of biological and chemical warfare perpetrated on the human race. See the full video at band.video. Let us remember our friends and family that we've lost in this war against we the people being waged by our own government. And let us never rest until there is justice. Well, it's not always raining. There'll be days like this. One there's no one complaining. There'll be days like this. When everything falls into place, that the flick of a switch. Oh, my mama told me there'll be days like this. One you don't need All right, to we're back. I had to take a little break here and get me some cold tea. <clears throat> my throat was getting all dry, and I need to go for another three segments here. <clears throat> Dr. Cassidy and I, Joe Cassidy, you hear me talk about him each week. And uh, each week we get calls from the community because we talk about our efforts on the radio and on the uh, internet about getting people off fentanyl and methamphetamine and all kinds of drugs, alcohol and things that cause you problems, kill you, ruin your life, lose your family. So last week I met with two people that in one, in one person in each jail went to two different jails that are struggling, have lost many years of their life through drug, drug abuse, but they're still in their thirties. I said, Hey, you've got a long way to go. Let's, let's get it together and we will help you. So if you need some help or you have a relative that needs some help, have them call. I don't want you to call. We want the drug addict to call or the alcoholic. I'm going to give you three numbers. The first one to eat one. We hope it works. Peach tree health. That's where Dr. Cassidy works. He works for them three and a half, four days a week and sees mainly addicts, but he's sometimes see other people as well. Peachtree Health is 530-749-3242, 749-3242, and you can ask for Dr. Cassidy. They say, oh, well, he's really busy. Won't you? Uh, we have lots of doctors. Just say, no, I need to see Dr. Cassidy. It's about addiction. Just tell him. And if you can't, get yourself an appointment, right? And be there. Whether you don't show up, be there. If you can't get through, there's a there's a big waiting list online. You, I'm going to give you a cell number, but just text it once during the day. Don't blow it up with a phone call. Don't text 20 times in a row. Just text it once and put in your name, addiction, and your number, and then wait for him to call. It may take a few hours for him to call you back because he's seeing patients many, many times. So if all else fails... You think you did it right, what I told you, but it doesn't. It didn't get you appointment. Dial me up, and you can talk to me, or you can text me, whatever you want to do, and I will work on your situation. First thing I'm going to do, if you text me, I'm going to call you back, and find out what's shaking, and see if we can fix this right away. So again, my name's Lou Benninger, and you can reach me at five three zero seven one three one eight three eight seven one three one eight three eight. I don't care when you call me. Or text me uh, any day of the week, any time of the day. 
okay? We want to get you help. And we want to, you know, Dr. Cassidy and I have many, 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 many friends that used to be addicted, but now have their families back. They have a job. They are not being controlled by a substance. They are free. And they are have get they got their life back. Isn't that great? It's good news, isn't it? So that's what we're working on. Okay, I also want to mention the Thrifty Rooter. If you got a plumbing problem, give them a shout, Thrifty Rooter. You can look at them uh, a couple different ways. If you're techie and you want to look at their website, you can go to thriftyrooter.net. Thriftyrooter.net. It's a great website. It's very simple. <clears throat> and it shows a menu of different services they provide to customers. And you can just cl click off a few that you think you need. And you can even write a little explanation Put your name, your address, etc., and just press send, and it will go right over to dispatch. If you just do want to do old school, they got that as well. You just dial 530-673-8201, 673-8201, and you can uh, get yourself a technician to your house right away. They're serving a bunch of counties up here in the North State. Yuba, Sutter, Butte, Nevada, Calusa, even over a little bit into Placer County, they serve the big city of, of Lincoln. I remember when Lincoln was just little, little Lincoln. Now it's all over the place. Wonderful city up there. So give them a shout, and they will uh, they will help you. Give Dr. Cassidy a shout, and we'll give, or you can call me, and uh, I will come. If you need somebody to see you in jail, we can come talk to you in jail, whatever you want to do. We will be, he won't come to jail to see you necessarily, but I can. And that's why we work together. Okay, I'm just popping down here to to see what, uh, where I want to pick up here. Uh, you probably have, uh, you heard of Scott Atlas? Remember Scott Atlas? I'm doing two things at once here. I'm starting the topic, but I'm also uh, going to pull up a, a website I want to talk about here in a minute. Remember Scott Atlas? He taught at, uh, he was a medical professor at Stanford University down here in Palo Alto. And uh, once he took a stance against the COVID agenda topic, and he he uh, refuted some of their the quote unquote facts. You know, a number of guys over there at Stanford, Ionides, and uh, uh, I can't remember the East Indian guy, Jay Bhattacharya or something like that. All these guys got uh, culture canceled. Scott Atlas lost his job. Isn't that amazing? You are a, a a professor. You're not only a medical doctor. You're a professor. I think he's a professor of radiology and public health. And President Trump reached out to him and asked him to come on the COVID crisis management board with Pence, the, the traitor Mike Pence, and the, the liar Deborah Burks, and the deceiver Anthony Fauci, and then uh, Daniel Redfield, I think it's Daniel Redfield, head of the CP, C, CDC. He quit. Over the controversy and the lies, lies about the deal. Redfield did. He's a smart guy. Atlas came to the board meeting and uh, the crisis committee meeting. 
And so when he got there, he brought all his data so he could throw it into the mix of data they had been gleaning. And he got there, nobody had any data. They were sitting there with a pen, a cup of glass of water, a cup of coffee. And uh, nobody was interested in his data. So he soon became the odd man out because they were just making up the rules as they went on. Deborah Burks now admits this and has actually written a book about it, how she lied to Trump. Can you imagine? At the highest level of our country, we got people with low morale, low morals, low, no character, liars. You ever, you ever have an employee that lied to you all the time? That's hard to run a business that way, is it not? Wow. So he writes an article, seven, the Restoring Trust with Seven Steps. Restoring Trust with, with whom? He said the public health system. Do you have any? I don't even want to go to the doctor. If the only way they're going to get me in that hospital if they take me in unconscious. Because those people are killing people. It's hospital homicide over there. I don't have any confidence in Adventist Hospital. I used to think very highly of them, but I just didn't know much. He says the loss of trust is part of the disgraceful legacy of those who held power during the pandemic. Two presidents and dozens of governors hid behind public health bureaucrats. Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, Robert Redfield, Rochelle Walensky. She's a liar. They gained Henderson's. They ignored Henderson's. If you look this up, Henderson's classic review 15 years earlier showing lockdowns. Henderson, uh, I can't remember his first name, but he doesn't have it listed here. He did all this research through history to show that lockdowns were both ineffective and extremely harmful during a pandemic. They all knew about this guy. I'm telling you, they all had an agenda and they didn't care about the facts. They rejected, according to Atlas, the alternative targeted protection recommended as early as March 2020 by Ionides, Ionides, Katz and Atlas. These are all Stanford University professors, doctors. Beyond a reckless disregard for foreseeable destruction from their policies, America's leaders impose sinful harms and long-lasting damage on our children, the totality of which may not be realized for decades. Mandatory school closings, forced isolation of teens and college students, and required injections of healthy children with experimental drugs attempting to shield adults. This is, a, this is one of the top medical doctors in our country, Scott Atlas. That was, and and uh, attempting to shield adults will be permanent black mark on America. Do you hear what I said? It's a black mark on America. You think the supervisors here, local Ubisutter, get this? These guys are so clueless. Their, their head's in a fog. They need to have like what they used to do to mental health patients. You know, they used to do electroshock therapy. They just jab them up with a bunch of volts to, sh to shake them to their core. And the truth cannot be denied, said Atlas. The Burks-Fauci lockdowns failed to stop death and the spread of infection and inflicted tremendous harm, shifting the pandemic burden to low-income families to spare the affluent. America's next president needs to lead with strong reforms because the Burks-Fauci stain. Do you hear what I said? 
This is a powerful statement. Their stain on public health and science jeopardizes the credibility of all future health guidance. You know, many people don't even want the black people of the United States have been so abused by the medical profession for a hundred years in the United States. They're deathly afraid of vaccines. I don't blame them. And I, I don't want any vaccines. I never took a flu shot. It's all baloney folks. It is not being led by doctors. It's being led by big pharma, which are corporate greedy people. Here are some recommended initial initial executive orders. Here's, I'm going to blow through these pretty fast. He said, clearly define, we need to clearly define by law, public health emergency. In other words, what does it mean? With strict time limits, two weeks, for instance, requiring legislations to extend it. Human rights are violated in the United States. Guarantees of the most fundamental freedoms upon which the country was founded, like speech, like religion, like assembly, They were all suddenly reversed without limit by lockdowns under the guise of science and safety. All totally bullshit. The U.S. with freedoms explicitly defined as endowed by their creator must be managed in concert with its system of laws even during health emergencies. Number two, add term limits like six years. To all health agency positions, there would be no more Anthony Fauci's with 30-some years working in his spot. Cleaning house, first clean house of the CDC, the NIH, and the FDA. Anthony Fauci worked as a bureaucrat for 38 years. Such longevity accrues power and seems to inhibit dissenting voices. In other words, if you don't agree with Anthony, you don't get any funding. Or you don't get any good stories in the media. Number three, forbid all drug royalties. That means that scientists were getting drug kickbacks. Forbid all drug royalty sharing by employees of FDA, NIH, CDC. All of them are getting money from all these companies. It's totally corrupt. And forbid related private jobs for five years after government services. In other words, just like Bob Bendorf. He was a CAO of Yuba County. He left his job. After cutting deals with the casino out here in Yuba County, when the the uh, Native Americans talked the state and federal government into a casino here, Bob Bendorf welcomed him. Then he walked out of his job of making three hundred thirty thousand dollars a year, walked over, and now he's doing public relations work for the Indians. No, there there isn't any any wait period. He said, Atlas said there should be a five-year wait period after government services. Open the books. That's, that's a, uh, uh, what do they call it? A watchdog group. Open the books revealed that between 2009 and 2021, listen to this, approximately 54,000 royalty payments totaling $325.8 million were paid by third-party entities to NIH researchers. uh, Sources redacted. uh, We know that Dr. Francis Collins, he was the head of NIH, and he lied on a letter about COVID. He received 21 payments, and Dr. Fauci received 37 payments between 2010 and 21. All these guys lied about receiving these payments right before Congress. They don't care. 
Nobody gets any consequences lying to Congress. This shocking conflict of interest with hundreds of agency employees garnering personal profit forcibly revealed by FOIA requests. In other words, nobody was, they wouldn't admit it. Fauci actually said, I don't have to tell you anything. They had to go get it on FOIA. And, and uh, what's happening is they pay scientists to tell them what they want, and then they do what they want. They have them by the monetary balls. Number four, Atlas says, require full transparency of all FDA, CDC, and NIH discussions with immediate posting to public forums. No hiding things anymore. No secret emails. Uh, number five or six, I don't know. Restatement with executive order that with the CDC and other agencies are strictly advisory and do not have the power to, to make law or mandate. In other words, when these, do you realize that these agencies are not U.S. government agencies? They're private. They're funded by Big Pharma. So he's saying they, they are strictly advisory and they do not have the power to set laws or mandates. What are they saying right now with these agencies? They're saying, oh, we didn't tell you we had a mandate. Even the Health and Human Services at the, at the federal, we didn't say there was a mandate. Even OSHA said we didn't say you had to do anything. All voluntary. We didn't say you had to take the shot. Liars. Said limiting health agency power is a way to begin holding elected officials accountable to the citizens rather than allowing the pretense of hiding behind these agency personnel. Decentralized, the next thing, decentralized today's cartel of NIH funding that controls all academic science careers and university medical centers. Medical centers and these scientists do not tell the truth. They tell what the agencies want them to tell, and then they get their grants. If you don't follow, if you don't jump through the hoops, you're not going to get the grants. Lancet Publication, one of the most prestigious medical publications in the world, concocted behind closed doors calling the lab origin of the SARS-2 virus a conspiracy theory perhaps to conceal NIH malfeasance overseen by doctors Collins and Fauci, who sent more than $2 million in taxpayer dollars to fund China's dangerous gain-of-function research to circumvent our country's moratorium or restrictions on it. The dominant funder, NIH, the dominant funder of all scientific research, gives out to the tune of $45 billion per year. More than 15 U.S. medical centers receive over $500 million a year. No wonder everybody's in lockstep. You tell them, oh, give them all rendesivir. Oh, no, no problem. Give them all a ventilator. Oh, no problem. Put masks on everybody. Give them this false test that doesn't mean anything and call it COVID. Well, they all did it. Why? Our local hospitals here were getting hundreds of thousands of dollars a patient for killing them. Calling it COVID, killing them, putting them on rendesivir. And noting that they were on a ventilator, got hundreds of thousands of dollars. They were getting more to kill a person than they were to keep them alive. If you doubt any of this, uh, shame on you. Not because I'm an expert. 
but you don't know what you're talking about. I'm amazed. I know so many doctors in the community. Uh, I don't chum around with them, but I know them by name. I know them if I see them. Many of them said that the, the jabs were safe and effective and well-tested. They either had a flat spot on the brain and, and were bleeding out stupid, or they're just complete liars and could never be trusted again. If you go to any of them that, that work for Sutter North or some of these other groups that claim these things, you, how would you ever trust their word again if they said the jabs are safe and effective? we got kids in this community that have died, and all kinds of people have died from myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, strokes, heart attacks. Finally, immediately halt all binding agreements or pledges to the World Health Organization. This organization is corrupt. They're communists and they're liars. Uh, I got to take a break here. Uh, we're take a break for a few minutes, and we'll start our fifth, and then we'll do our sixth. We'll do well, the Hawking talks in Texas are my natural second home. Where you tip your hat to the ladies and the rose of San Antonio. I grew up on music we call Western Swain. It don't matter who's in Austin, but wheels is still the king. Playboys that Tommy Duncan sang Makes me proud to be in Texas But wheels is still the pain You can hear the Yes, uh, I heard your finger licking good So I'm looking for a uh, a famous bowl Nobody knows famous like I do Okay, famous bowl? Yes, sir. Oh, I don't need a drink. I would actually like a side of big, beautiful biscuits. And I just have to say, I've known Colonel Sanders for a long time. He's a lot better than Bernie, believe me. All right. So, uh, just a famous bowl and two biscuits? A side of big, beautiful biscuits. You got it. All right. 783 is the first one. Thank you so much. Thank you. Climate denier, racist, Nazi, and anti-Semitism are words that have been exhaustively misused to psychologically beat people into a submission of shame. It is a human control technology that works on many people. When you point out the facts which expose the man-made global warming theory as a hoax, you are called a climate denier or a science denier. We are expected to trust the science even if it doesn't scientifically add up. The group mind has been conditioned to look down upon those who question the official narrative. And the word denier or denial has been made into a curse. This deceptive wordplay, along with the term hate speech, both stem from the Holocaust denial trials of the 1980s. In 1983, the founder of the Canadian Holocaust Remembrance Association, who was a Holocaust survivor, filed a private complaint against German-born citizen Ernst Zundel before the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal. 
1984, the Ontario government joined the criminal proceedings and Zundel was charged of spreading false news by publishing the book, Did Six Million Really Die? The Truth at Last. He was not making claims that the Holocaust did not happen, just that it did not happen as we were told. The main argument was simply challenging the number six million. Many others have worked out the math and concluded that six million would have been impossible based on multiple logistical factors. The charge against Zundel alleged that he knowingly published a false statement intended to stoke racial intolerance. He was found guilty by two juries, but was acquitted by the Supreme Court of Canada in 1992, who ruled it was a violation of the guarantee of freedom of expression under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But in 1995, Ewald Althens got three and a half years imprisonment in Germany for asking the same question. From a logical perspective, discussing observable reality should not be so emotionally offensive. But Zundel was a fan of Hitler and was surrounded by extreme neo-Nazis, so there was no sympathy for his persecution. And the term Holocaust denier became the absolute worst thing anyone could be charged with. Zundel left Canada and moved to the United States. In 2003, Germany issued a warrant for his arrest. U.S. authorities arrested him for violating immigration rules and deported him to Canada, where he was tried, found guilty, and given the maximum sentence of five years in prison for violating the Volkswehr-Hetzung law in the German Penal Code, which bans incitement of hatred. This quickly evolved into the term hate speech, and those paying attention could see that this would soon be used against anyone the government wanted to silence. The Zionist government, who funds and operates Hamas under the Mossad maxim, by way of deception, thou shalt do war, is openly calling for genocide of all Palestinian people under the banner of their God. Are we still bad people for asking logical questions based on observable facts? The number six million has been ritually used by Zionists since their official beginning in the late 1800s, decades before the Holocaust. It obviously means something. Six million is a six followed by six zeros, and so it can represent 66. 66 is also two-thirds. The Hebrew prophet Zechariah wrote that two-thirds of the nation of Israel will be cut off and die. Many believers of biblical prophecy believe that this mass blood sacrifice is necessary in order for their Messiah to return. The Zionists seem to be no friend of the Jewish people, but by simply showing this information, many of you are triggered into thinking that I am an anti-Semite, a racist, or even a Nazi, and yet all I am doing is reporting on the unbiased scientific inquiry that people have had for decades in the pursuit of truth. Mind control is a real threat, and we are all affected. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Like many black men my age, the first time I voted was eight years ago. I saw Obama on TV and said, oh, I'm voting for this nigga. I remember the day I voted for Obama. I voted in Ohio, and my vote matters in Ohio. Ohio is a battleground state, but when I pulled up to the polls, all the soldiers were in line. There were so many black people in that goddamn line, I didn't even know it was the polls. I thought it was a check cashing place. <laughs>
We were hugging each other and old people were singing hymns and spirituals and shit. It was like the O.J. Verdict times 10 or some shit. I've never seen black people that happen. Eight years later, I'm pulling up to the polls again. This time I'm driving a brand new Porsche because the Obama years were very good to me. Segment number five. One thing I know as a homeowner, uh, there's always, you think, oh, should I rent or should I buy? Well, there's, I'm not going to get off onto that too much, but if you own your own home, you got some maintenance to do. And uh, at some point you need to do some major maintenance if you live there very long, or maybe you bought a fixer upper. But one of the groups that I have huge confidence in both in terms of friendship, character, known them for years, and all that kind of stuff, is uh, Dave Green. It's construction. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, that one uh, bread company in the Bronx were open. They've been open for 105 years, four generations. Guys like the Thrifty Rooter, they've been open for over 40 years, 40 to 50 years. Greenitz Construction, same. Greenitz Construction, if you're needing to remodel your house. These are the guys that do it. They they do a super job. It's not only the actually. I'm going to give you two sources to look at their out the outcomes. You need to look at what it's going to look like when it's done and before. So it's green. It's green. The color green with etz. Greenitsconstruction.com. That's a website. And then Facebook is Dave Greenitz Construction. Go check out the the look of what they're doing. But, you know, getting a job done isn't just getting a job done. It's like who the people are. Are they honest? Uh, do they steal from you? Do they do they leave the place clean? Do they show up when they say? Do they leave when they say? Did they Do they finish the job when they say? Do they answer the phone promptly? Uh, do they keep their word? There's a lot to it. When you spend a lot of money, thousands and thousands of dollars to do something, put on a new deck, remodel the backside of your house, remodel the entryway, do the kitchen, do the bath. Lots of lots of things go on. Once it's done, you just want to appreciate it, not having a bad taste in your mouth. You ever heard that term? He left a bad taste in my mouth. So you can reach them off those sites. You can text them off com or Dave Greenish Construction Facebook page. Or you can dial them up old school or text them at 530-682-9602. 682-9602. The other people I want to give a shout out to is the Plumbing Doctor or Plumbing Doctor. They got an ad campaign going now talking about, there's a big banner across the billboard says, out of order. And if you have an out of order plumbing situation you can dial them up simple it's nice when you have i like professionals surrounding me because i can just dial them up and something that's a worry to me or a bother to me they can come and solve it's an easy thing for them because they do it every day day in day out day in day out 
So you can call Plum Plumbing Doctor, and they'll come over. No brainer. They just fix it. 530-671-9111. 671-9111. Okay. Okay, we'll back at it here a little bit. Uh, we are there is going to be another pandemic and another pandemic, and uh, it's happening. It, they tell you they told us COVID was coming, but nobody paid any attention because they say, "How can you predict a pandemic?" Well, they created it. They created it in a lab. They released it in a lab. And then they lied, all these people we thought we could trust, right? Do you remember when you used to be able to trust your doctor? Or trust your the head of CDC? Remember when you used to think that they were government or that National Institute of Health think that they were government? They said it like, man, those are the sharpest people in the country, right? 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 Rochelle Walensky would never tell pregnant mothers to take the jab if she knew it was going to abort their baby, miscarry their baby. But she did. Fauci knew it was giving people myocarditis. But he went ahead and lied about it. All these people are liars. That's why Atlas said they trust in the health of... None of my friends want to go to our hospital. You hear what I'm telling you? They, they they believe they will kill you over there. And many of you know darn good and well your friends are dying left and right or getting sick left and right. And you, you're giving it a pass. You're giving all these bureaucrats a pass. Let me go down here because I don't want to run out of time. I want to cover a couple things here. Uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. I'm still not here. Okay, well, what we have here, let me see if I can find it. Oh, here we go. Okay, I'm about here. Okay. So on this on this show today, you see uh, there's there's a clip of a guy. He's a professor at New York University. A lot of people listen to his podcast. He's a pretty arrogant guy, pretty bright, pretty arrogant. And he's on Bill Maher making excuses because he was a he was a covid nazi like we let's arrest people let's let's chain people to their homes all that kind of stuff now he's apologizing right kind of trying to apologize well we, you know we didn't know we didn't know so uh it says here do authorities do authoritarians deserve a chance to be treated with grace and forgiveness after they what they did to us during covid i say no screw them they need to be held. We don't say that to murderers. Guy kills your kid. Guy runs over your kid drunk. We, we don't like, oh, it's okay. We forgive you. Go home. Try not to do that again. No, we may, we offer him forgiveness, but we put him in jail. Nuremberg trials, we hung people. We put them in jail. We did all kinds of things. 
The question is circulating around nowadays in the wake of the complete failure of COVID pandemic response and the victory of the anti-mandate movement. The answer relies on a series of counter questions based on logic and predictable outcomes. It's the kind of discussion that COVID cultists, that's what they are. It isn't an anti-mandate anti cult. We were normal. The cult people were COVID people. The COVID cultists don't want to have this discussion. They just want everybody to just forget about it. Can't we just go on? Can't we just move on? So the guy that I played a clip of, Scott Galloway, professor of New York University, Stern School of Business, and member of the World Economic Forum, that's a bad sign, is one of the cultists who now wants to be given a free pass as he debates the issue on what I, I played it for you today. The question that we need to ask Mr. Galloway is, how forgiving was he when confronted with people who opposed his authoritarianism? You know, it's always the, the, the government says, oh, we, you know, no matter what we do, it's right in the end. Oh, we made a boo-boo. Oh, well, we'll get it better next time. Galloway was rapidly pro-mandate. He consistently called the harsher for harsher punishments for people refreshing, refusing to comply, and he demanded that the unvaccinated, listen to me now, this is, this is fascism. He demanded that the unvaccinated be treated as second-tier citizens, just like the Germans did the Jews, and they be banned from places of business. And he argued in, this, in, in his blog title, Half of America Has Its Head Up Is ASS. It's time for a vaccine mandate. Enough already. Federal law should require any citizen who wants to cash a government check, use public transport, or enter a place of business to show proof of vaccination. Listen, people, I don't care what you call America, what label you want to put on it, Democrat, Republic, it's communist, people. We, we're, this is an authoritarian regime. The only spare, thing sparing us, Yuba Sutter counties, was two constitutional sheriffs. And they aren't even full-blown constitutional sheriffs, but they had enough on board to withstand the nonsense here. There were calls to fine, to place a fine on the unvaccinated, to charge them, to imprison them, who questioned anybody in questioning the vaccine. Put the unvaccinated on home lockdown and even take away their children. You hear what I said? There were discussions to take over their children. There were discussions in counties if businesses stayed open that they wanted to close. They were arbitrarily picking certain businesses to close. They talked about cutting off their water and their power. Some of you think that's probably okay. You don't understand anything about America. In some states like New York, there was active legislation put forward to create detention camps for people who did not comply. They called them COVID camps. That's Stalinist behavior. Go back and look at Joseph Stalin. How many people? He killed 25 million people of his own people so he could secure control of the country. People like me, and many others are waiting for 
our leaders to address the corruption in our government. I don't know. Is it going to happen? Here's another deal that's pretty cool. I never met Zev Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, sorry, I think I'm saying it wrong. Zelensky is the head of Ukraine. Zelenko, Zelenko is the head. Uh, he was a uh, top doctor in New York. So I never met Zev Zelenko, Vladimir Zelenko. He did participate in a conference at Church of Glad Tidings in Sutter County, California. He was live in New York, but he came in by Zoom because he was struggling with a uh, terminal illness. And uh, but he wanted to take part in the in the talk and he in the conference, and I think he talked for about forty five minutes, maybe. The title of this article is Five Times Dr. Zevzelenko Made Bold Claims and They Are un Undeniably True. Uh, let me get down here a minute. I wonder if I, I wonder if I have that. I'm not sure. Hold on just a second. I'm going to see if I can... I can't get it all on one piece of paper here, so I'm going to see if I can pull it up on the internet really quick and get it. So I could, uh, I want to read you something. Zevzelenko died right at the end of uh, COVID. And uh, these, this article is in the vid. Recorded by the vigilant Fox, five times Dr. Zev Zelenko's bold claims became undeniable truth. Now, do you remember when uh, Dr. Fong Lu, the local health officer uh, in Yuba Sutter County, continually went on YouTube and said there's really nothing, no medication available to to withstand COVID, <laughs> and don't take hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And uh, just wait for the the jab and all that kind of stuff. Well, Zev Zelenko uh, got into it with uh, Governor Cuomo. Governor Cuomo, who doesn't know anything, he doesn't know how to spell the word medicine, said that uh, hydroxychloroquine was bad for you, even though hydroxychloroquine, actually, I took it almost 35 years ago for malaria, malaria medicine. And uh, hydroxychloroquine has been around and and. Uh, recommended by the World Health Organization for over 50 years. But, you know, these leaders were liars. And uh, so Zelenko, when he was told in New York that he could not buy without getting arrested hydroxychloroquine, you know, out at Beale Air Force Base, they have an entire storage unit full of uh, hydroxychloroquine. It's so bad for you. So anyway, Zelenko, even though Dr. Liu had nothing to offer people that were getting sick with COVID, which wouldn't really kill them, but she was claiming that to go to the hospital and get remdesivir and get the vent, then they could be collect some money on a hospital homicide. So let me tell you what a good doctor. See, Dr. Liu 
is a faux doctor, F-A-U-X doctor. That means not a real doctor. That means faux painting is like when you take and paint a wall and it makes it look like leather or you paint a concrete floor and you make it look like marble. It's really not marble. It doesn't matter how wonderful it looks. It's really not marble. Dr. Lou is not a doctor. She's an administrator. She she doesn't see patients. That's different than previous doctors we had, like Dr. Cassidy, who saw patients regularly and took care of all the jail patients. This lady is a fake. She's a fake. So Dr. Zelenko, who saved 99.7% of every patient he saw during COVID, here, here was the Zelenko COVID-19 protocol. You listening? I'm going to tell you exactly what he gave people. He didn't say there's nothing you can do. That's what Dr. Lou said. Why did she say that? Because she's an airhead. She's a damn airhead. And she's a fake and getting paid 300. It's amazing how many government entities, how many government people are getting paid fantastic amounts of money for being an airhead. The psychiatrist and you, uh, behavioral health are the same way. Zelenko said, I want you to take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C every day for seven days. I want you to take 5,000 IUs of vitamin D3 every day. He said do 10,000 in a 200 milligram 250 milligrams, seven days, or 5,000, one to two days. You're not going to write these down. I, I'm just trying to make a point. This, These are real doctors who actually knew how to treat people, knew how, what kind of supplements you could com- combine up to knock down an illness. He said to take five, 25 milligrams every day of elemental zinc. He said to take, uh, then he said to take another uh, 500 milligrams daily of quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. I have that in my, I take it every day now. 400 milligrams daily. Uh, this an, These are ores. He couldn't give out hydroxychloroquine. He wanted to give 200 milligrams five days, 200, 400 milligrams weekly of hydroxychloroquine. But the government of the United States forbid him to do that in, in New York. So what he did is he substituted quercetin, 500 milligrams daily. And then he he gave people the Z-Pack. I went, I, I just bought 35 Z-Packs. Talked talk to a doctor the other day. He was shocked. I bought them so cheaply. I bought Z-Packs at $2 a piece in Vietnam. Uh, it's called azithromycin. Azithromycin. Not myosin, mycin, azithromycin. Or you could do doxycycline. And and so you do the Z-Pack or the doxycycline. It's a, it's, those are antibiotics, right? In case you get a little infection in your chest, right? Did anybody tell you that? I heard Dr. Hart was taking care of people like that. Dr. Cassidy was. There's a few, handful of doctors that didn't get arrested for doing that. Oh, I left out ivermectin. You could also give out ivermectin. These are ores. 
quercetin or hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. You can look up under Zelenko COVID-19 protocol, and you could probably see these yourself. And then he put together his own medication, his own uh, supplements that were all batched, called it the Z-Stack, a Dr. Zelenko vitamin. It has zinc, quercetin, dehydrate, vitamin C, vitamin D. Boom, you just take them all. Then you get your Z-Pack, right? So what are the five things that that uh, he believed that they say he told the truth on? I'm going to have to take a break. We get, we're coming right back. We're going to finish up, and I'll be able to do the Zelenko five steps here, no problem, in just a minute. I've been thinking about you, not dead. Sure been restless since you went away. You took something from me against my will. Just a man and needs tingling still. And you just snuck up behind me. When my resistance was low. Well, I was on the board of my kids' school during COVID. I wanted a harsher lockdown policy, and in retrospect, I was wrong. The, the, the damage to kids of keeping them out of school longer was greater than the risks. But here's the bottom line. Myself, our, our great people, the CDC, I'd like to think the governor, we were all operating with imperfect information and we were doing our best. Here is the really effed up thing about it. We told you you were wrong. We actually went on shows like this and told you that you were wrong. You weren't erring on the side of caution. You were erring on the side of extremism. You felt authoritarian power and it was given to you. And you took it and you used it to abuse people. Lives and freedom, liberty, ways of life, society in many ways was lost. And you know who was right about this Ukraine conflict? Donald Trump was right about this. I want to run clip 13 of Tucker talking about Trump being the only candidate right about Ukraine. Uh, where am I on Trump now? Why well, I, I love Trump. Um, personally, I think we're going to see Trump's emergence as, as the most significant thing to happen in American politics in 100 years because he reoriented the Republican Party um, against the wishes of Republican leaders. Uh, but when I think about Trump right now, so it's July of 2023, you know, I'm struck by his foreign policy views. You know, Trump is the only person um, with stature in the Republican Party, really, who's saying, wait a second, you know, wh why are we supporting an endless war in Ukraine? And that... You know, leaving aside whether Trump's going to get the nomination or get elected president or would be a good president, you know, I can't even assess that. All I can say at this point is I'm so grateful that he has that position. He's right. And everyone in Washington's wrong. Everyone. Mm. And Trump is right on that question. And it's a big question. That war is reshaping the world. It's reshaping the economy of the world. It's reshaping populations. The ref I mean, I was just in Romania last week, you know, which is, of course, shares a border with Ukraine. The the refugees in that region, the number of people killed in that war, I mean, Europe will never be the same because of this war. And it really matters. And Trump alone among popular figures in both parties understands that. And I'm grateful for it. Whether he gets the nomination or gets elected, it, you know, words really matter. Saying something true out loud matters. 
And he is saying true things about Ukraine, and God bless him. That's how I feel. And, of course, what's really going on here is the political class and its military-industrial complex is using conflicts like this as an excuse or a way, a vehicle, to make a ton of money. And I have no problem with people making money, but when I talk about capitalism, I'm talking about people making products and services that people are willing to pay for that help them and make the world a better place. I'm not talking about this type of capitalism. When Marxists criticize capitalism, what they really criticize is fascism. They criticize crony capitalism, but crony capitalism is when businesses and government are in cahoots with one another to create a perpetual revenue stream for one another. And when businesses and government are in cahoots with one another, is that not fascism? So capitalism isn't actually the problem at all. Crony capitalism is just another word for fascism. Fascism is the problem. And ironically, of course, in Ukraine, we are funding fascists because we are funding Nazis. There's an exclusive from warroom.org, of course, Steve Bannon's network, stating that Shady Ukraine Aid Charity partnered with U.S. government is a spinoff of a consulting firm led by Biden DNC delegate and tied to Secretary of State Blinken. It's all connected. These people are all intimately connected with the businesses and the people that make money off of this war, and it comes back to them. There's a reason that these modestly paid positions of power in our government manifest these incredibly wealthy individuals, individuals who occupy those positions, despite the fact that the salary can't explain remotely how they live the lifestyles that they live. And this all started... After World War II, when we developed this military-industrial complex in order to win the war, and we saw it manifest in the assassination of JFK. They whacked JFK because he sought to subvert our intelligence community, our military-industrial complex's efforts to get us into Vietnam, to get us into a war with Cuba. Let's go ahead and run clip 28 for this alarming little piece of information. You know, Trump said many times in public he's going to release the full JFK report. And when he called me, one of his many phone calls from the White House towards the end of his term to talk about pardons, I said, I got to ask you something, Mr. President. What? What? When are you going to release the JFK assassination report? You only have two weeks before Biden comes into office. You promised it. You promised me personally and privately, and you promised the public many times. You know what he said? Judge? If you had seen what I saw, you wouldn't release it either. What, the, what did you see? I can't tell you. Sometime, and because there are too many people listening to this phone call, he's saying this to me from the Oval Office. Sometime when we're alone, I'll tell you what I saw. What could he have seen? What did they show him to terrify him out of revealing what the government knows about the murder of JFK and who and the government was responsible for it. Well, there you have it, folks. Interesting to see that video in the context of this tweet of breaking news that may or may not be true. Let's see. We can, we'll have to verify this. But Trump team says they will present classified evidence of potential foreign interference in both the 2016 and 2020 elections during the January 6th trial. The statement states, quote, President Trump will offer classified information at trial relating to foreign influence activities that impacted the 2016 and 2020 elections, as well as efforts by his administration to combat those activities. What are your thoughts on that? Why is it that the international community would have incentive to subvert 
a Trump campaign. And the fact of the matter is they don't want Trump in office because Trump was the first president we've had perhaps ever that was so difficult to negotiate with in terms of these traditionally exploitative opportunities that our enemies and allies alike had in terms of trading with us. They were used to an America where it was easy to take advantage of our trading because our politicians were sellouts, but Donald Trump was not a sellout. You couldn't buy him. He was too wealthy. He was too independent. He got to power on his own as an outsider, and since you couldn't buy him, they wanted to fry him. Stick with us, folks. We'll be back right after this break. Visit InfoWarsStore.com. five things that Zelenko said, said that people like governors, like Newsom, Cuomo, all these arrogant, arrogant people, crazy people like Dr. Lou went on in her little coat and with all the uh, cigar store politicians behind our drugstore politicians behind her standing like little, uh, I don't know what they are. They're pitiful. They had, not, they had nothing to add to it, like as if they were intelligent in this, this deal. So let me tell you, number one, Zelenko said not everyone got the same thing. What is he saying? In an interview, uh, Dr. Zelenko said many of the lots, he's talking about the jab lots, were 5,000% more lethal than other jab, jab lots. Or think of it as 50 times. So let's say one vial kill one person, another vial would kill 50 people. If everyone would have gotten the same thing, it would be it would have been a clear correlation that you're being poisoned. And no one would take it. Thus, the answer to why some people took the shot and turned out okay is because not everyone got the same thing. And it fooled people to thinking, oh, it's just something wrong with that person. That's why he died. If everybody would have died, they'd have known. The, the thing's killing everybody. If you take it, you die. Zelenko's bold claim was confirmed in March 2023 when a study performed by Schmeling and colleagues found that 4.2% of the batches accounted for a staggering 71% of adverse events. Number two, don't take health advice from eugenicists. You know what a eugenicist is? That's somebody that thinks they want to kill a lot of the people in our society because they're not worthy to live that they, they're not living up. They're not smart enough. They're not sharp enough. They're kind of the weeds of society. In 2000, he says Zelenko at a reawaken conference broke down why you shouldn't ever trust someone like Bill Gates. He said in 2015, Gates said the population needed to be reduced by 10 to 15%. In 2020, he said 7 billion people must be vaccinated. So Dr. Zelenko proposed this question. Why would I ever take a vaccine for my health, which is financed and produced by someone who wants to decrease the world population? I want to ask you, do you have a problem with logic? Do you have a problem with logic? I'm sorry, I took the jab. Oh, well, my doctor said, oh, well, my this, my that. 
He said, and if you ask yourself that question and realize you shouldn't get vaccinated, you probably made the best health care choice of your life. This was a kill shot, folks. The flu shot number three is no longer really necessary at best. Don't take the flu shot anymore. It's full of crap. Dr. Zelenko said you, you're better off taking EGCG. It's a supplement. <clears throat> or NAC or zinc or vitamin C and vitamin D than ever taking the yearly flu shot. If you get enough zinc into your cell, you'll be protected from single-strand RNA viruses. This includes all strains of COVID and the flu. The zinc prohibits, if you have enough zinc in your system, it prohibits the virus. It may be in your body, but it's not going to get into your cell. This formula that he, I just said to you right there is called the Z flu. You can get these from him. It's a gummy. It's called a Dr. Zelenko vitamin strawberry flavor gummies dietary supplement it's called z flu you want to get something to keep you from getting the flu do not take a jab it's dangerous this is healthy for you it's food for you number four masks never worked and were actually harmful to people shortly after legal ruling did away with mask mandates on airplanes Zelenko had this to say masks never worked because the size of the holes in the typical mask being used was 0.4 microns hold 0.4 in your mind just think of 0.4 the size of the covid-19 viral particle is 0.1 one is smaller than four Make a, make a circle with your thumb and forefinger, just any old circle, and just say, okay, that's 0.4. And then take your index finger and run it right through the circle. That's 0.1. It was no inhibition. It was no stoppage of anything, the COVID-19 masks, the, the N95s, any of those masks, the particle masks. That's what they do. They stop particles of dust not the particle of the virus. So Zelenko, this guy is smarter than your average doctor. We have here in Yuba Sutter a woman who is a fake doctor. She does, she's not a, a qualified doctor. She's a bureaucrat. Zev Zelenko is one of the top doctors, practicing doctors in the United States of America. So he said it just passed right through the mask in most cases. It never served any medical purpose. Here's the purpose that it served. Dehumanizing and destroying the psychology of people. I saw a psychologist the other day, a female, who wrote a book about the masking of children. And you know what she worried about? Because she's a psychologist, she understands these things. She worried about her son's feeling of incompetency because people couldn't see his facial expressions. She worried about her young son's ability to speak properly because he couldn't read people's lips and follow along with them. He, she worried about his insecurities because of putting on the mask. It was evil, people. It wasn't wrong. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a miscalculation. It was evil. Dr. Lou in our area is evil 
or she's the stupidest person we've ever had as a medical director. In February 2023, the very liberal, corrupt New York Times shocked the world. Many people on the liberal side think the New York Times is like the Bible. In February 2023, the New York Times shocked the world with the headline. You know what it was? The mask mandates did nothing. Do you want me to say that 40 times in a row? Or can you get it the first time? Are you going to believe the most liberal paper in the world to admit this? The mask mandates did nothing. That means they did not stop anybody from getting anything or from giving it to someone else. The next part of the headline said, will any lessons be learned? No, because no one wants to admit they're an idiot like Dr. Lou or the supervisors. These people are corrupt. They're liars and they're idiots. And they're sucking our money and wasting it every single day that you take a breath. Number five, the COVID shots damaged the immune systems. He said, your immune system is getting shot. He told Clay Clark in a past interview. Additionally, Zanunko outlined a host of negative effects from the shots. Cancers, this is what you're going to get if you took the jab. Unless you got one of those placebo jabs. If you got the funky jab, you're going to get cancers, autoimmune diseases, opportunistic infections, blood clots, heart attacks, strokes, miscarriages, ovarian and testicular dysfunction. Decreased fertility. Sperm counts are down. Pregnancies down. The Western world is not producing enough children to replace its old folks dying off. I had two acquaintances uh, from a distance. The woman I didn't know that well. The guy I knew real well. One in Cambodia. She took the jab, got, got cervical cancer, and died right away. It was radically growing cancer. A lot faster than normal. My friend took it in, in uh, Central Highlands of, uh, he's from the Monong people of Vietnam, not the Hmong, Monong. And he took the jab because he felt he needed to go to work and they wouldn't let him to leave his house. He took the jab. He collapsed with severe headache, went unconscious. Ten days later, they pronounced him dead. He's in, he, I don't think the guy's hardly 30. No, no health history, bad history at all. You know what? They, they diagnosed him as his platelets crashed. It's happening every day, people. That, but we're in denial. The whole country is in denial. People are embarrassed that they made stupid decisions, mocked their friends. If you want to get, if you don't want to keep in mind all the different things I've listed as helpful, you can go to do. You can go to the Zelenko. The Z stack, you could just kind of do an internet search on Z stack, get to the Zelenko website. And even though he's died, by the way, he had a wife and eight children. But you can see a lot of videos on him uh, online. But the whole Zelenko protocols online, everything's there. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So, uh, okay, let me go back down here. 
Now, I've talked about this before. It's called the Deagle Report. D-E-A, like Beagle, but Deagle. D-E-A-G-E-L. The Deagle Corporation is a subsidiary of the military. They do special ops for the military research. And they put out they put out these reports, as the Deagle report indicates. But they predicted here in April 28, 2023, that there was going to be a massive depopulation by 2025. The interesting thing about this report is it didn't stay up very long at all, but enough people took a, what do they call it, a screenshot? that it's continued to circulate and um, it compared a lot of the uh, countries of the world, what the population was in 2017 and what the population was going to be in 2025. And, uh, and what the military budget and the imports and the GDP, the gross domestic product, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they went through all the countries of the world. The interesting thing is, I wanted to just tell you this. And you can just tell me, Lou, you're full of baloney, this, that, and the other thing. And then you can apologize to me later if you're alive and I'm alive. So in 2017, they had these records. So this report came out after 2017. So they just simply wrote down what the facts were in 2017. So, you know, things like the Earth's surface stayed the same. But, you know, if a country got taken over by another country, then they would have less surface, right? So it talked about uh, that there were 327 million people living in the United States, according to the census, right? And then it says, and then it compared to the world figure. In 2017, there was 7.4 billion people in the world, Okay, I'm not going to go into all the details. The other the other real interesting detail I'm going to skip over a bunch is that in 2017, the military budget of the United States was six hundred thirty seven billion dollars. Okay, you want to hold that in mind, six six hundred thirty seven billion. So they said. In 2025, this is the population they think the world, the uh, population of the world's going to be, and the population of of U- U.S. is going to be. So you remember, I said 2017, the population of the United States was actually factually 327, 327 million. They believe that the population of the United States will be 100 million. That's a third. Two-thirds of the population of the United States will be gone from the United States. Now you can say, well, did they die or did they just move? Well, I think a lot of them are going to die, but some of them could move. Some of them are moving to other countries that they like better for retirement. So let me compare the the world population, I said in 2017, 7.4 billion were alive on the earth. And they say here that by 2025, 6.9 billion will be, in other words, we're going to lose a half a billion or 500 million. Now, 
other other people like the COVID blog, Brian at the COVID blog, who I have really enjoyed his writing. He's a really sharp guy. He claims that the the the, Nash, the international population, the population of the world is he believes it's down by one billion already. It's two thousand twenty three people, right? We're at the end, right? We're a year away from the beginning of 2025. He believes we're down a billion. That means that if they were really honest, and, and he, he said, I don't believe they want to shock people, but he said, if we're really honest, we should be talking about the population of the world being around 6.9. Like some people believe that the population got up to 8 billion after 2017 right we're 2023 not six years later but brian believes that we're down we lost a billion people with the jab and all the effects of the jab and all the effects of the vaccines other types of vaccines which made women sterile they couldn't they couldn't conceive or they aborted they self-aborted like through miscarriage or like the uh, the military said they uh, numbers of miscarriage among females in the uh, military was up 300 uh, percent if you're lacking sperm you're not getting people pregnant uh, it's it it delays the couple from having pregnancy they could go get sperm from somewhere else etc so there's a third loss in pop more than a third loss in uh, excuse me two-thirds loss in population going from 327 to 100 million uh by 2025 either we're going to lose a lot with a pandemic a plague a vaccine we're going to lose people fleeing the country and interesting the the military budget crashes the military budget in the united states in 2017 was 637 billion they claim the military budget in 2025 is going to be 32 billion. That's like a 20 times reduction. You with me? That's unbelievable. So, uh says we know they said, what, what, was the, what was this about, the Deagle forecast? said, we know that the desire for a huge human depopulation is written in stone. A shady collective made sure of it when they commissioned the construction of the Georgia Guidestones in 1981. That just blew up recently, by the way. The first Guidestone on the six-meter-tall monument states, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature, which makes things quite clear demanding a 93.6% reduction in the human population. A quite horrific thought, especially if such a thing were to happen over a short period of time. With this in mind, let's revisit the frightful Deagle population and out, out, output forecast from 2014, which I just did for you. I, I'm not even charging you for it. I'm just do, doing you a favor. I'm giving you a heads up. So, uh, Deagle is still publishing, but they pulled this down. Deagle Corporation, I mentioned to you that there are minor branches of U.S. military intelligence, one of the many secretive organizations, et cetera, et cetera. 
He says it must be assumed that its population predictions for 2025, as well as its industrial output predictions on a nationwide basis, are based on strategic assumptions. Okay, so I'm going to leave that there because we only have, I think we have less than a minute, so I'm just going to have to land the plane. So there's a number of countries that are losing the majority of their population. So Canada is going to go from 35 million down to 26 million. Some are going to stay about the same. Some third world countries are going to remain about the same. Uh, Let me see. Great Britain is going to take a big hit. I don't even see them listed here now. I'm just on the, sorry, I'm on the, uh, great. I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't have it. Great Britain, I think, is going to lose. Seems like they're going to lose most of their population. But anyway, I'll leave you with that. We're out of time, and so we'll have to pick up some of this next week. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back, Lord willing, uh, and a week from the day this pops up, which is, so that'll be about the 11th. I think we'll be back 11-11. Thank you. Good night. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world I see skies are blue And clouds of white The bright blessed day And the dark sacred night